Hey there, welcome to the Metro Minute, where if you're looking for current trends in public schools, you're in the right place. This cast happens to be a two-part series talking about some strategies to help schools with social and emotional health for both students and staff. Episode one of this series, Melissa Baker, Metro's Executive Director, partners with Become Unmistakable's Jody Daru. Listen as Jody and Melissa are going to unpack some quick tips on how to partner with your K-12 staff. So welcome, everyone. Uh, Jody, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, during this time where we are renorming, I like that so much better than the phrase of new normal. So we're renorming the way we do business, especially in um, education. But actually, I think this podcast could work for any business and, and organizational systems that's going on. So, you know, it's important to focus on the good. So today's podcast is really about how do we support the adults in our workplace, both socially and emotionally. So Jody, before we start with some of those great pieces of, of information that you can share with us all, could you share a little bit about your professional background and the work that you do with Become Unmistakable? Absolutely. Thank you, Melissa. So I am a partner and a director of learning here at Become Unmistakable. And we have a engagement software that companies, schools, organizations use to help improve the engagement of their workforce, as well as leadership training. So that's kind of more my area, uh, working with individuals within organizations to help them understand how to lead with influence as opposed to always having to lead with supervision or telling. Wonderful. And I've been a part of that leadership program. And so I've learned so much and so much I want to take into uh, the Metro Bureau and and to support other uh, educational organizations that we work with too. So thank you. So our focus again today is to really work with the ways that we can support um, our adult learners, really, during this stressful time that we're going through. Um, So maybe to start, could you help us understand the connection between stress and our ability to navigate change? Sure, absolutely. So often we think about stress and we think about the impact on our physical body. And we spend a lot of times talking about what that impact is on us mentally. Because just like um, our physical health and it's it's affected by the stress, uh, our mental health is also affected. And it takes a lot of energy in order for us to navigate any type of a change. So we've got a lot of things going on right now, right? Especially the COVID. Uh, there's all kinds of things in the news. And all of that information creates a sense of a threat to our brain. Our brain has something called an amygdala. And the purpose of that amygdala is to constantly be scanning our environments to see whether we feel that uh, we feel rewarded by a situation and we want to move towards it or we feel threatened by it. And when we feel threatened, there's actually a chemical reaction that happens that causes our brain to not function at the level it normally can. So we have an area called our prefrontal cortex where we problem solve, where we control our emotions, uh, where we innovate, where we process things. And when that amygdala senses that there's anything not quite right, uh, whether we can whether it's an emotional, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a physical threat, it actually tells our brain to stop using energy 
which means we can't process and think through correctly. You know, those are those times when all of a sudden you do something and later on you're like, I can't believe that's the way I reacted. So change takes a lot of energy. And if there's a stress around or um, something that feels threatened to us, that energy is being reserved and we're not able to use the energy we need to kind of process that change. So talk to me about the dopamine, though, because that's that's the happy place, correct, if I remember? That is, yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite. So, yeah, no kidding. Mine, too. So, it, you know, I talked about the threat, right? So in the threat, there's cortisol release that kind of shuts our brain down. And the opposite of that is when we feel that there's a reward, there's something good. And when those good things happen, we actually release dopamine in our brain. And, our, and dopamine is a neurotransmitter. So what that means is it helps us connect ideas together. Um, it helps us control our emotions. We are much higher, um, have a higher ability to innovate and to problem solve. So we want to stay in that dopamine state because we actually have a higher cognitive ability and our brains are healthier. So the more we're in a threat stage, our brain actually starts to shrink a little because we're losing um, some of those healthy cells from our brain. Whereas if we can stay in a reward state, our brain is actually much healthier. So I think that's a great lead into kind of to my next question because we want to help our staff and the people that, that you know we work with and actually even our own personal relationships stay in that dopamine state. So yeah. do, do you have suggestions as to what we can do to try and better deal with some of the stress that you know we're all under? Sure. Well, it, I would say it starts with some preventative measure, measures. So we often talk about the five areas of health that our brain needs. And the first one we talk about is food. We, we think about food all the time. We think about our physical health, but a lot of times people don't connect that to our brains. What we eat is either toxic or it's medicine for our brain. Our brain needs nutrients um, and we get those through our food. So when we are eating um, what you call more of the standard American diet, right? The fast foods, the uh, refined sugars, processed, we're actually harming our brain as well as our physical body. So first thing is eat healthy. Second thing is exercise. Just like our body needs exercise, when we exercise, we increase the blood flow to our brain, we increase the oxygen level in our blood, and our brain needs that as well. So exercise is just as good for your heart as it is for your brain. The third thing I like to talk about is sleep. Um, when we're sleeping, there's two things that are happening that are specifically tied to our brain. One is during sleep, your brain actually goes through a process of flushing out all the toxins. So we are taking in um, through breathing, right, air toxins, uh, through the foods we eat, the chemicals that are in them. And if we don't get good sleep, our brain does not get flushed out well. In fact, there's, there's studies that tie it, um, looking back with things like Alzheimer's and dementia, and what were the sleep patterns that they had earlier in life that might have been impacted as to why they developed those things. So, Sleep is very important to wash out the toxins. But the other thing is our memories. Um, when we sleep, our brains, our hippocampus that's, that's taken in everything from the day, all of our short-term memory things, um, when we're sleeping, it determines what, what should be moved into our long-term memory. 
And if we're not getting enough sleep or we're getting um, interrupted sleep, we actually lose some of that ability to retain things we're learning. So it's really important. You know, I do a lot of studying with adult learning and how adults learn and what's, what's important from that perspective. Sleep is an integral part of that because that's what's going to help with that retention. So we got food, exercise, sleep, and then water. Our brains are about 80% water. And if we are not hydrating ourselves during the day, and a lot of studies show you should drink half your weight in ounces every day so that your brain is getting the water it needs to function uh, properly. And then the last thing is the thoughts. And this really impacted me. I'll share a little bit about um, my journey uh, getting into this whole brain science area. Uh, a little over 10 years ago, I went through a, a health scare. I was diagnosed with a cancer called multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer. At the time, I was very young for it. Normally, it's quite a bit older when people might have that. Um, but basically, I was told our goal is to give you three more years. And I had a daughter in high school and my boys were in college. So um, that was pretty hard to process. And right from the beginning, I thought, I feel like the attitude, my the way I approach this mentally is going to have an effect on my physical health. And I didn't really know what that was. Um, but I kind of decided, all right, when I when I got up in the morning, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to think about just today. I am grateful. I had a strong faith that I got strength from. I had a family that loves me and supports me. I had a great uh, community around me. Today's going to be a good day. And I chose to just think about those positive things and not the what ifs. Um, you know, what if I don't see my daughter graduate from high school? What if I don't see my kids get married? All those things that creep into our thoughts, I had to make a very conscious decision to not allow that to happen, to change my focus into uh, the current moment. And the, the good news is um, it's a very difficult journey. I ended up hospitalized for nine weeks. The doctors told me twice they thought it was the end. I wasn't going to make it uh, through this transplant I had to have as part of the process. Uh, but I did and continue to stay healthy every checkup and they have now declared me cured. So sometimes I forget to tell the good side of that story at the end. But that process made me start to really have a passion to understand the brain science. So you, you had asked about the preventative, right? Gratitude is one, the way I got up in the morning and thought about all the things I'm grateful for. That has immediate dopamine release. Um, the other thing is social connections. So if we can surround ourselves with people that also have a positive outlook. People that we feel we have connections to, some kind of affinity, it actually is very healthy for your brain. And the best thing is laughter. When you laugh, uh, the muscles that you use actually signal your brain to also release dopamine. So taking care of your brain by the food, exercise, sleep, water, and our thoughts, and then doing some of those little extra things will really help with that preventative side. Well, Jody, of course, thank you for sharing your story. Um, it's a powerful one, and we're, we're so happy for where you are in your journey. So having gone through the Unmistakable Leader program, um, 
I know the program focuses a lot on creating those reward environments for employees as well. Yes. So could you share a few of the ways that uh, you help leaders not only change themselves, but in turn their, in, their work environment too? You bet. So we start, we always say that it starts with leading ourselves. So we kind of have a a tagline, lead ourselves, lead others, and then lead the organization. So when we take leaders through, it's a six uh, module course, full days and one overnight retreat. We really, the first third of that is just understanding ourselves. So we go deep into empathy and why is empathy important in the workplace? And as leaders, Often we're taught, we're given a lot of um, direction and insights on more of the technical sides of leadership, um, you know, the budget and casting vision and strategic planning. We try to focus on the interpersonal side of it. How do you start to become more empathetic, to understand those around you on a more authentic and um, personal relationship? Right. When somebody comes to work, um, it's not just it's not an eight to five. When you come to work in the day during the day, there's things that you might be thinking about from your home life, uh, from your social life. And those have an effect on your how you connect with others and how you process and how you get your work done. So as leaders, we we try to teach them how can you come around your people and support them both personally and professionally. Uh, So that's empathy is a big one. Another thing is vulnerability. And that's that's a little harder uh, when we're in leadership because I think we have this mindset that uh, we're supposed to be an example of, you know, almost perfection. Whereas in reality, the more you can start to share and be authentic as to where your weaknesses are, where you need help, um, who you are and some of your struggles in life, the more people start to feel connected to you and want to follow you because they trust you as opposed to just having a job and a career. It it starts to feel more like a family and a safe place to do to be. So we start we've spent a lot of time on leading ourselves and then we kind of transition into the power of stories. Um, stories are how we connect with other people and, and it's a very healthy thing for our brains uh, because we feel the emotions, we connect on a real level. So we really teach um, leaders how to use those stories and how to um, embed in them things like compassion and vulnerability. Um, so that's kind of the basis uh, of the direction we go with it. It's really about learning. Often they know how to connect with that with the head. So they know how to, the details to tell people instructions, but they don't know how to connect to their hearts. And we work on that heart connection. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's so important because, um, you know, one of the things I've, I learned through the program too was not only sharing your story, but being willing to listen to other people's story to that empathy yes. piece is so, so important. So, you know, Jody, again, I just thank you so much for being with us today um, and the information that you shared. Um, I encourage all of our, our listeners to support one another during this this time because I know I keep hearing from our educational leaders how important it is right now to find ways to support their staffs um, because we all know that, that we're going through a lot during this time of, again, 
renorming um, sure. and figuring out what this is going to look like moving forward. And even currently, we, I mean, we had some of these issues that were needed to be addressed before COVID, obviously, but even even more so now. So um, I hope that people, you know, will want to learn more about Become Unmistakable as well as the leader class. Um, it's a very powerful uh in terms of my own personal growth, again, I, I wish I would have had that probably earlier in my career. Um, <laughs> and I hope I did some of those things even prior to the course um, in terms of telling my story and, and having that empathy for all those people around me. But Jody, is there anything else you would like to say in closing before we sign off? I really enjoyed this. So it was wonderful to have you in class and all the connections that we've made with Metro. Um, we just have a passion for what a lot of teachers and administrators are going through right now because they're kind of at the heart of that sense of threat because of all the things and the emotions that we're dealing with. So I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to share a little bit about what we do and maybe we can um, offer some encouragement and some tools to make a difference. Well, thank you. And again, we know people go into this work because it is a, a passion and a commitment that they have. And it, it's servant leadership, which is what I believe. And um, But we've got to take care of these people, too. So thank you for spending, right. again, the time with us, Jody. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for the Metro Minute. This cast is powered by K-12 Media, always helping schools communicate with their communities. On our next cast, we'll be talking about the social and emotional health of our students. By the way, we love to see your comments or questions on this cast. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you get notifications of our latest content. Don't forget to visit our website, metrobureau.org, for everything trending in public education in southeastern Michigan. See you next time for the Metro Minute.